The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, intimacy or admiration and security. Which do you really want? Many of us say we want intimacy, but do we? Intimacy is being totally honest and transparent about ourselves, our feelings, thoughts, and agendas, and having our partner be the same. And that includes our feelings toward each other. Do we want that much truth? Do our partners. If we don't really want intimacy, what are we seeking from relationships? This episode of Inside Out will confront the question, Do we really want intimacy, or are we craving admiration and security? Do we want someone to know us, or are we really trying to get someone to think we're fabulous so they'll never leave us? Let's have a good laugh at ourselves and how much we kid ourselves about our desire for intimacy. But let's also acknowledge the cost of hiding and ask host Beth Green to help us embrace the true value of intimacy and overcome our discomfort with it. Yeah, I could use help with that. (laughs) Tune in, call in live, or join our weekly post-show forum. See the link on the right side of the host page via phone or internet where you get to join the conversation whenever you can. And now, here's Beth from the Inside Out. Hello, everybody. I'm so happy to be with you today. First, I want to tell you that there was a lot of fireworks from our 4th of July special. Okay, okay, that was a terrible joke, but it just came to me, so I couldn't help myself. (laughs) I couldn't help myself. Well, but there really was. I mean, a lot of people listened to that show and thought about the way they're giving away their rights by not speaking up. And that is so connected to the show about intimacy, isn't it? We have a video on uh, Beth Green TV, and it's um, all about being real. And uh, let me tell you how to get to it. Just go to BethGreen.org. And when you get there, you'll see these sliders going by Inside Out Radio, Inside Out TV. Uh, You just go to Inside Out TV and you'll get to Beth Green TV, which is our YouTube channel. And we have Inside Out Television. And it's really good. We've got about mm, four already up. So we're doing it monthly right now. And this time it's about being real. So all of these are really connected. Being real, having the guts to be real. This video really gets into why it's so tough to be real. And I think that it really makes us very, very um, compassionate to ourselves. So please go take a look. And uh, it's about 20 minutes. But in the meantime, don't go away because we want to be looking at the intimacy questions. So why don't we get started with that? And later on in the show, I'm going to tell you about a retreat we're having this fall and a climate special that we're going to be doing. There's a lot of activities happening here. So let's start with a question. All right, I'm going to ask you, James. Yeah. It's you. It's you. Which would you rather have, intimacy or admiration, and be 
Totally. <laughs> totally, well, totally. Well, well, I know what the right answer is supposed to be. That's intimacy, <laughs> right? <laughs> the a truth is always the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. Around here. But 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 in it. but in truth, in truth, yes. my my pattern in relationships is to go for admiration and respect. And and my previous uh so-called in-depth or shall we call it, say committed relationships, uh, the dominant feature was uh, that I was admi- admired uh, for what I was putting out as how I wanted to be seen. <laughs> yeah. Which, which proved as a great cover for my fallibilities, my foibles, the things that I, I just put out what I wanted pe- the other person to see about me. And every now and then other stuff would come up and then I'd have to process it and talk about it and so on. But... Uh, since I've been with you, <laughs> uh, I've really enjoyed the benefits of a deeper intimacy. I'm able to be more myself. I know that I'm loved uh, unconditionally no matter what uh, words I show. And uh, so there is that. So there, there's a, a growing uh, appreciation of this kind of intimacy. Where this is real intimacy, which is being transparent, being honest, uh, and also you um, noticing when I'm off and giving me feedback, intervening with me, as we call it. And well, that's the one that's taken getting used to. Yeah, go ahead. Well, but I also want to say, in the defense of honesty, that it <laughs> isn't only you that I expect to be honest. I mean, I'm honest about myself yes. to the degree that I can. I mean, I try to be transparent about things. I mean, I'm not perfect either, but we can talk about my... You are the most transparent woman I've ever met. I mean, (laughs) from the the get-go, you were revealing about your limitations uh, right up front, and uh, that was extremely uh, appreciated. Oh, thank you. You never said that before. Yeah. Did you hear that, guys? (laughs) Did you? No, I want to tell you something. This is really very significant because uh, James and I met in our late 60s and uh, was I still in my middle 60s? I would think I was mid, still in my mid, middle 60s. Mid 60s, yeah. You were 65, I was 66, I think. Something like that. And, um, you know, I have a lot of disabilities and we met via the internet. God bless the internet. Uh, <laughs> And I, you know, here we are. He hasn't met me. He hasn't seen me. And we talk on the phone. And the very first time we talked on the phone, I told him about my health, which is abysmal and is very deterring for any sensible young man uh, who's looking for a woman. You know, okay, let me just tell you, you're not going to get the, your laundry done. You're, you're, I'm not going to cook for you. As a matter of fact, you're going to have to take care of me. I spend most of my life in bed, uh, not in the sense that you want. And oh, so sure. on and so on and so on. And, you know, and, I, and it was just like that. I had to tell him everything because I could not stand the idea of having him come and meet me under false pretenses. You know, I have faith, guys. Faith, faith, faith. And the faith is that if you're meant to be with somebody, they will be willing to deal with the reality of who you are. And the truth of the matter is that what's so tough about living with me is not my disabilities, although, my God, there's a lot of them, but um, also there's the, I'm, you know, the woman, I, I called myself the transparent woman with x-ray eyes. 
and I turned my super duper intuition on uh, whoever is in my presence. And if it happens to be my husband or boyfriend, well, he's there. And I can't help but see what I see and feel what I feel. And so I have to say something. So anyway, I knew that was going to be a problem too. And I, I shared that with James. And God bless him. You know, he, something in him said, I, I got to meet this woman. Wasn't it like that, James? I it mean, really it, wasn't was. anybody, it wasn't anybody bribing you to come out. And that, meet that's you. true. And what was even <laughs> uh, more extreme was that, uh, was it on our first date, uh, you said that you were, uh, you were unable to have sex. Uh, yes. <laughs> that really threw me for a loop. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell him that on the phone, guys. You know, I figured that at least I would have a, a, a face-to-face conversation with him. Yeah, you know what? You know what? I saw him gasp. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, most people would say, you're crazy, Beth. You should not, first of all, you know, you should hide that fact until the absolute last minute. I mean, I knew a woman who had herpes and wouldn't tell her boyfriend for months that she had herpes. I mean, you know, that's not as bad as I can't have sex. Um, So anyway, it's people said, don't tell him that. Don't tell her that. Don't do this because you'll drive that person away. But you're looking for the one, you know. The one has to be the one who loves you. And uh, truly, uh, people who are not intimate who do not reveal themselves. You know, there's that old saying, intimacy is into me, I see. Well, it's really into me, you see. Um, You know, if you don't have that complete transparency, that you never feel loved because you don't know whether the person wants you or wants the facade. And what happened, I could never imagine. I hate makeup. I hate makeup. I don't want to wear makeup. I very rarely have in my lifetime worn makeup. I wore makeup to make a video because everybody told me it was, you know, I made a DVD. And um, now I don't, uh, you know, I only did that once because I'm allergic to makeup. I can't stand it on my face. When I look at myself, I look like a clown. I mean, imagine yourself never having worn makeup in your life, suddenly putting it on. You look ridiculous to yourself. Um, So I'm accepting of other people wearing makeup, you know, other, but I couldn't stand it on myself. But uh, anyway, I know I started talking about the makeup for, oh, yes, and that there are women who wear makeup when they go to bed with their husbands. <laughs> and I'm thinking, are you serious? Is he blind in the morning? What? And this is really the whole thing. Don't you think that the truth always comes out about who you are? Do you think really that people are as fooled by your facade as you think what about all the people who say, oh, I don't drink much. Look, hick, lug, flop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or I'm not jealous and it's just they, they've turned green. Uh, or whatever it is that they, that they are trying to hide. You feel it, you know it. On an intuitive level, we always feel things. And reality has to come out sometime. And so all you're doing is postponing the inevitable and... You're leaving yourself in a much more vulnerable position. So you think that you're less vulnerable when you don't tell the truth. But you're more vulnerable because you always have the fear hanging over you that you're going to be found out. So we'd uh, like to... Yes, by go the way, ahead. I, I have another uh, little 
angle of perception on this. I, uh, could, is, you, could you could you mention our phone number? I I don't want you to sure. hold it long. Oh sure Just sure sure. Give out the phone number because we'd love yeah. to have people calling in. Yeah, join the conversation. Yeah. Uh, our phone number is eight six six four seven two. Five seven nine five. That's eight sixty six four seventy two fifty seven ninety five. Or you can email email us at beth at bethgreen.org. What I was going to say. And that's no e at the end of green. That's it's right. G r e e n. Okay, right. take it away. Yeah. Jeff. What I was going to say is that uh, uh, you talked about the facade. It seems like in a relationship there are really four people. Because there's the two the two persons as they really are, and then there are these ego personas that they present to each other. Yes. And and so a lot of what in my past what I was looking for was somebody who would collude with me in propping up my ego. Yes. And in fact, uh, there's a woman that I've known for several years who's been a friend uh, over time, who once said the way to get a man is to uh, tell him how great he is. And the way to keep a man is to keep telling him how great he is. Now, she says this out loud. She says this out loud. Oh, you're great. Oh, my God, you're so wonderful. No, I mean, but she, did she ever say that to you? She said that to me. She said that, that She said me. the way to get a man is to tell him he's great. Yep. And to keep telling him he's great to keep the man. Right. And so you're propping up that person's ego from then on. So how's that for a real relationship? You know, that is such an important point, James, because this goes to the admiration conversation. Mm-hmm. What, what I was talking about is the security. We think we're going to get what we need by hiding who we are to make ourselves more secure. So I'm going to get the guy who's going to take care of me, who probably won't anyway, because he's bullshitting me. How many guys are bullshitting? And then, you know, the, they've, they've, you find out later they really don't have any money or that Mercedes belongs to their dad. Or uh, whatever it is that they they're really a cross dresser and they don't want you to know, and I'm serious, you know, because people have all these things about them that they're feeling like they have to hide. So there's but there's that ego piece of you know, do we want admiration, not only in order to make ourselves secure because somebody will want us, but just to prop up our egos. And I mean, you have you just said it, you you know, you nailed it, James. Is that our if we are trying to lie to ourselves. Forget about our partners. If we are trying to lie to ourselves about who we are, then we are going to get partners, look for partners who are going to lie to us. And if we lie to our partners about them, that's the other side of it. See, I don't want to tell the truth about myself because you won't want me. But you don't want to me to know about you because I might not want you. Well, I might not. <laughs> you know, when should we find this out? The day after the wedding? <laughs> 20 years in? Uh, and, and that is so painful. It, when you have a mate or a spouse or a partner or a friend or a sister or a parent that you're trying to have an intimate relationship with and they demand that you keep puffing them up. You hate them. You can never be honest. You can't talk about the pain. 
of the relationship or the pain that is created in the relationship. And some people will tell you, well, you just can't talk about that because you're going to hurt their feelings or you can't talk about that because, you know, you're going to make them feel bad. But the truth is you have to talk about it, whatever it is. So, for example, let's say if one of us makes more money than the other and uh, we never talk about that, the feelings about that are going to be there anyway. If, if one of us is more is extremely emotionally volatile and we never discuss that, then the person who's emotionally volatile it can convince themselves that they don't have to work on their volatility or, or make amends. Uh, you know, remember Love Song? It's a love story. Love story, not love song. It's a movie. I don't know if I actually ever saw it. I was so appalled by the name. Uh, I did um, see it. I did see it. it. And isn't it, you know, love is never having to say I'm sorry. Well, I mean, that's ridiculous. Love is saying you're sorry when you have hurt someone. And if you're not having an intimate relationship, you can't even tell somebody that they're hurting you. Yeah. Or that there is something about them that's causing damage in the relationship. Oh, I can't tell my wife that she's spending too much money because she'll get upset with me. I can't tell her that I'm running out looking for a second job in order to pay these bills because she will not want to be with me anymore. I can't do this. I can't do that. We talked last time about how we throw away our rights, the ones our inalienable not rights, by not speaking. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that from clients. I can't do this. I can't say this. I can't reveal this about myself. I can't. Talk to him or her about that and all this stuff festers, festers, festers. So we are inviting you to call in and talk about the secrets you keep, the non-intimacy. Tell us about your choices, whether you're going for admiration or you're really going for intimacy. And don't go away. Come back soon. We're going to commercial break. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. 
To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there. Welcome back to Inside Out. Today we are talking about intimacy and do we really want it? Do we really want it? Is this what we're looking for in our relationships or are we looking for admiration or security? So I'm happy to say that Helen is calling in. Uh, We can always count on Helen for being very honest. Take it away, Helen. Here I am. Yay. I don't know what I was looking for, but it certainly wasn't intimacy until now. <laughs> like you, I, like I met my husband late in life. I was 57 and he was 60. And I think we've been, you know, I mean, unbelievably honest, telling each other just about every single thing about us, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And consequently, we have an amazingly close relationship. But in my other relationships, I know I looked for admiration, security, um, superiority. Because mm. I mm. thought that would make me secure. I wanted to be indispensable. Mm-hmm. That was another one. I, I tried to make myself indispensable so they would never leave. Yes. <clears throat> but it certainly wasn't about finding out what the real truth was and exposing all my vulnerabilities and theirs and letting the chips fall where they may. That's not what it was about. And how does it feel when you're in a relationship where you're not, where you're going for admiration or security or you're trying to make yourself indispensable? Well, of course, it made me feel constantly insecure. Just like mm-hmm. you said, I never felt loved. Mm. Because I knew they were with me because of something that wasn't, the whole picture. Wasn't real. And right. so it wasn't real, but my husband now, I know he loves me. And I feel completely secure in that because he knows everything about me and I know everything about him. And we're constantly exposing those things to each other. And we keep finding a way to accept whatever it is. Now this is important because there are a number of different kinds of things that we don't want to expose. So, you know, I've talked a little bit about I don't want to expose uh, th- the ways that I'm feeling about you at times. I may not want to expose uh, some that I have a gambling addiction. I-, I personally don't have that, but that that's the kind of thing uh, I might not want to expose about myself. I might not want to expose what else? What kinds of things did you not want to expose, Helen? Well, I didn't want to expose how insecure I was. I didn't want to expose how needy I was. Uh, I didn't want to expose how bossy I was. Mm. Um, As though he could miss that. Yeah, that one. Well, I did a pretty good job of hiding it, I'd say, in the beginning. Oh, I see. (laughs) But you can only hide for so long. Yeah, that came probably within the first couple weeks. So what I'd like to ask you before we go on to our next caller is, how has it been? I mean, you're talking about you have an unbelievably close relationship with your husband. Does that mean that the road was paved with flowers? Absolutely not. (laughs) I mean, that's part of intimacy, though, from my perspective. That's part of intimacy. What is part of intimacy? 
um, is the willingness to go through all that. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the hard times, the fighting, you know, I'll expose a feeling I'm having or he'll expose a feeling he's having or a thought or an opinion or whatever, and we may fight about it, but it's, it's our love that, that keeps pulling us through those hard times. Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot of hard times. Yes. A lot of hard times. You know, I don't know if this is relevant, but I just quickly want to say that I think so often that we portray an image that we don't even like, but that we've learned somewhere that this is the way to be a man in the Italian culture. So that's what I ought to be, even though that's not who I am at all. It's not even yeah. an intentional trying to hide who they are necessarily. It's, it's being something that they learned they ought to be. I was That's that very important. thought that you shouldn't need a man. Exactly. So what you're saying is that it's all that unconscious programming that we have that makes us behave in certain ways that blocks us from even knowing who we are to even be able to share it with another one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your call, Helen. I really well, appreciate it. for taking my call. Very helpful. And uh, next we have Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi. Hello. Hello. Uh, hello. Can you hear me okay? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, in listening to this, I think I've under, I'm now understanding another aspect of myself that I wasn't aware of in regards to being in a relationship. And um, what I recognize is there's times where my partner is pointing out things about me and what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. I still want to go, you know, prove my point of what I'm seeing in him. But at, in that same moment, what he's saying about me is true and I don't want to look at it. So, right. You know, so it doesn't really me, matter at that moment. If uh-huh. he's doing it too. Right. Yeah. You know, because I, I don't want to, you know, it's like I'm resisting the intimacy because I don't want to hear the negative stuff that's going on that I'm doing. Yes. Uh, that's so. a very important point, Elizabeth. And, and let's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, let's take a look at that word negative. To take a look at the negative stuff about you. I mean, so much of... The problem is that we're so judgmental about these, quote, negative things, so ashamed of these behaviors when they're just human flaws or Mm -hmm. human behaviors or human quirks or, you know, our our programming. We can, if, so, so much about intimacy that's good is that it leads us to be on the same side. And so that we can start addressing these things because they are painful. But we get so stuck in the judgments. Oh, I don't want him to see something, quote, negative about me. It's, you're so stuck in that judgment about yourself that it's negative. Rather than seeing it in a more neutral way that this is a quality that, that I have that has a certain impact. Hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I, yeah, I like that. A certain quality that I have that has a certain impact. So it's not necessarily negative it's human and this is what i have and others have it too and it, it exactly 
Exactly. And yet it can have a detrimental impact. So I, I want to do something about it. So suddenly the intimate relationship, instead of being the enemy because it's showing you things that are embarrassing, that intimate relationship actually allows you to start addressing qualities in yourself that you really want to address because you don't right. like their impact on your on yourself or other people. Let me give you an example, Elizabeth, that... Uh, you know, that has probably has absolutely nothing to do with you. Let's say, you know, you drink too much, okay? Now, uh, the, you can say, oh, you're a drunk, you know, slobber, you're, you know, you're an alcoholic and so on. And, you know, you may be an alcoholic. You may be a drunk. You know, all of these things may be true. But the attitude with which that message is delivered and the ability to hear that message makes all the difference in the world because if you mm-hmm. are an alcoholic or a drug addict or you're eating compulsively or you're gambling or, or you're uh, addicted to anger or you know, you're out of control with your emotions or whatever it is that you're doing, if it's really hurtful, it's hurting you as well as others. And so to... Have an intimate relationship gives you that feeling of safety that you can go to your partner and say, yes, I am an alcoholic. Or in the case you were talking about, I do have that quality that you're talking about. And it really bothers me, too, because it's hurting me in these ways. And I see it's also hurting you. And what can we do together to support me? To change, hey, will you go to an AA meeting with me or a Gamblers Anonymous meeting or, uh, you know, should I take an anger management class or uh, do I need medication or whatever it is? Uh, And Mm -hmm. so suddenly the intimacy has built up the real safety. The safety doesn't come from the hiding. The safety comes from the revealing and feeling that your partner accepts that about you isn't just saying oh yeah but it's okay I mean accepts that that's true loves you and wants to support you to change so I'm very glad that you brought this up because that's such an important part of uh, of this whole equation for everybody their fear of intimacy having to do with fear of, of being revealed as having a quality that is negative rather than embracing the opportunity to address something that's causing pain mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that. It's, it's so, easy to do when, when I'm not in a space where I'm overtaken by strong emotions. <laughs> oh, yeah, but boy, when our defensiveness gets triggered, whoo! Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a minute. Maybe James has something to say about this. James, you never get defensive, do you? <laughs> I never get defensive. <laughs> So why don't we talk a little bit uh, to each other and our audience about why we get defensive about these qualities that we have that are pretty obvious. Oh, I got got my answer on that one because I I think I'm predominantly shame-based. So when somebody says something that sounds like criticism to me, even if it's coming out of love and uh, trying to help me, uh, I immediately go into shame that I have a fault. Uh, limitation, uh, I'm unworthy, I'm no good, all of that stuff. Those kind of things come up. And then I, then I want to uh, blame that person for making me feel bad, and I get angry at them. Or I'll defend and justify myself. It says, well, because of this and this and this, or because of what you said or how you said it or whatever. Yes, the only reason that I did that negative thing is because of you. Right. <laughs> 
you're making me bad. You're making me mad because you're saying this, and I don't like your tone of voice. It's and a, therefore, a, therefore, forget about what I did because now it's, <laughs> right. the spotlight's on you. <laughs> yes, I think you're getting very close to something because what of course what you're saying, of course, is true. When you're shame based, it becomes so hard to hear anything, to hear the truth, and just to take it in and, and see it as support. But I'm just sitting here and I'm feeling energetically, mm, mm, I'm, I'm going into the zone, mm, that there's something else about that other than the fact that you're shame-based and you don't want to feel the pain. And I think we're moving towards it right now in this conversation. But there's also self-loathing. Well, but that's still in the same arena. I'm talking okay. about something that makes us defensive other than the fact that we're shame-based. Makes us be well, in denial. Sur- well, survival. I mean, in, in order to survive, we want people to value us so they'll, they'll support us or pay us for our services. And if we uh, are subjected to criticism, that undermines our sense of value and uh, our survival. I think that's that's really right. That so that the shame and the embarrassment only goes so far. That underlying it is a much greater fear, which is, if I am seen as being the way I am, then I will not be wanted, and then I'll be kicked out of the family, kicked out of the tribe, not be valued, and and I'm dead. I'm a dead woman. I, you're a dead man. That about so, sums it up. So I think that's. Extremely important for people to realize. And so, Elizabeth, I invite you to take a look at some of the areas where you get really defensive, where you have historically gotten defensive, and um, ask yourself, and you don't need to do it right now on the air. I'm suggesting that mm-hmm. you do this. And also, I'm suggesting everybody in our audience take a look at this question. You know, what are the things that you most want to hide about yourself, from whom, and why? And see if you can't see the connection to survival that may have started way early in your life, you know, where you didn't want somebody to know you didn't agree with them. Oh, let's say you grew up in a Jewish family and you decided you, you know, you were a Jew for Jesus and your parents did, did not approve of that. You know, there's, hey, I'm not going to be intimate about that. I don't want people to find that out because then I'm going to lose the safety and the protection of the tribe. So thanks for calling, Elizabeth, and spurring on uh, this uh, conversation. And Mm -hmm. I really recommend that you take a look at that question and see if if that can give you some help. Great. Thank you. So I just want to repeat the question. What are the things I most want to hide about myself? Yes. Okay. From from whom and why? From whom and why. And see if you can connect it back to your survival. Great. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. See, that's so interesting. Thank you mm-hmm. for calling. See, that's so interesting that this conversation brings up such a, an interesting conflict that we have. We don't feel secure when we are not known because we feel that we are being loved for a facade, right? Absolutely. At the same time, if we expose who we are and the reality we don't feel secure because there is something about the things that we're hiding that we're afraid are going to put us outside the pale, outside of society, outside of either our little family network or our group or whatever it is that's going to threaten our survival. So 
we don't feel secure when we lie about ourselves, and we don't feel secure when we don't lie about ourselves. <laughs> you know, you, you talked in, earlier, uh, James, about the fact that, uh, you know, that not only did I disclose my health situation yeah. when we talked on the phone, but I also told you, you know, pretty early in our first date that I couldn't have sex. That was a physical thing. Right. Um, that just goes to the core because, you know, I was brought up with the belief uh, that that's what men want. Yeah, for men, uh, speaking as a man, uh, yes. the, the sexual intimacy really triggers more of the emotional intimacy. Although I must say that it's great that uh, over the course of time we did have a breakthrough in that arena and uh, it proved to be extremely fulfilling and has been very fulfilling. But I do notice that uh, my feelings of, of closeness and intimacy uh, for some reason uh, when there's sexual intimacy involved at least historically uh, then I tend to feel more emotionally intimate but I've also discovered in our relationship that cuddling and holding each other in a very warm tender and loving way uh, actually is every bit as good as sex or better in in many cases. And, you know, we also have energetic experiences that we can both have. And we, uh, you know, there have been a variety of ways in which we've been able to work with this or we can work with it on a physical level that's different. But what I'm saying is that survival, you know, if you grow up with the idea that that's what men want is sex. And Mm -hmm. if men believe that the only way that they can relax and have intimacy is through sex, what do you do if you can't have that? You're telling somebody, well... Uh, you know, you'll never have what you need if you're with me. And uh, so why would the person want to be with you? And that leaves you alone. And alone is scary. Yeah, we need to change that programming because it's physical intimacy and emotional intimacy tied up together. Cuddling is physical intimacy. Yeah. Uh, Massaging each other is physical intimacy. And that is, that works. That works wonderfully. Yes, I agree with you. But what I'm saying is I'm making the more general point which is that if we have that fear, then we feel like our survival is at stake because we are going to be left alone in the world and that's a tough place to be. Mm -hmm. And so whether it's I can't have sex or I'm really gay or whatever it is that we're afraid to share, there's a survival component that has to do with being cut out being left alone, being thrown on the street, uh, uh, the, the children won't talk to me anymore, whatever it is, I'm going to lose my job, you know, that threatens our survival. Sure. So we are going to take another commercial break. I encourage you to call in if you have something you'd like to share. And we will continue to talk about this and we're going to talk about what we can do about it to change our paradigms like you were saying, James. But don't go away. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. 
Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there. Welcome back. So we're talking about intimacy or admiration. And so far, one of the things that we've really determined is that on, on a deep level, we really want the security of knowing that we are loved for who we are. At the same time, we're so afraid that we are going to be rejected if people do know who we are. And so we're looking for the security of being loved, uh, and yet at the same time, we give that up because we're looking for the security that comes from hiding or that we think is going to come from hiding who we really are because we're afraid we're going to lose our survival, that people will throw us out of the tribe if they know who we are. And is that always not the case? No, I mean, it's true. We've had a history, uh, you know, the, the history of humanity, the history of relationships. There's a lot of things where people have been, have told the truth or have been seen for who they are, and they are thrown out. And, uh, you know, are we willing to take the risk, or are we going to have the... Let me put it this way. Are we willing to run the risk of being thrown out of the tribe, or are we going to choose instead the certainty of damnation for staying hidden in our relationships? Like, um, we have clients who have been married and who are really gay uh, but they you know swallow that for 20 30 years sometimes so maybe forever because they don't want to be uh, lose the security of the marriage that they have uh, maybe it's better for them to let go of that marriage maybe they need to go on to have a different kind of life but they completely lose a sense of their own authenticity and it makes them sick so there is some certain hell you know there's a certain hell if we don't tell the truth about ourselves. Yet we also know that historically people have been treated badly at times for revealing something about themselves that makes them unacceptable to other people. Other people, I mean, who the heck are these other people to judge? But, you know, there it is. But if you're a child molester, uh, it would be very difficult for you to enter into a relationship with a woman with children. You know, on your first day, you say, oh, by the way, I'm a convicted child molester. Well, that's a, if that is a reality, then that is a reality. Then that woman has the right uh, to know that you are and to find out what you're doing about it and to maybe not be in that. And maybe it's not for the highest good of all for you to be in a relationship. You know, sometimes we want to be in a relationship with somebody because we are looking for security or because we're looking for a cover-up. Oh, if I get married and I have kids, nobody will ever know that I'm gay. 
But see, that's not even the right reason for being in a relationship. Or maybe you're secretly trying to get into a relationship with this woman because she has children and you're going to molest them. We, we have to look at what is for the highest good of all when we have some kind of faith that if we are going to go towards something and it doesn't work out, maybe that's really what everybody needs. And that's kind of a frightening thought. So I have I'd something like, I might like to add to that. Please uh, do. Well, when I think about relationships uh, beginning or even having a chance to begin, I think about the, the word marketability. How marketable am I? That sort of yes. thing. Yes. And when I met you, of course, I uh, colorized my hair and I wanted to look as young and uh, youthful as possible. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, that wasn't really fair to uh, a woman who would be in a relationship with me because, hey, maybe I didn't have the energy of that 10 years younger looking man that I appeared to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And anyway, and, uh, I, hated the, I, I hated the way it looked. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I kind of overdid, overdid it sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, and then in recent times, uh, uh, you know, much of my life I've tried to get through uh, life by trying to be smart. And that was my marketable skill is being smart whether it was as a lawyer or in school, making grades and going on to ever higher things, so to speak. And, uh, and now in my later years, I'm noticing a decline in my so-called smartness. Uh, we call it cognitive impairment. Uh, I have lapses on a daily basis uh, where I'll forget simple things. Or I'll forget what somebody said or, or uh, I'll just have impaired judgment where I'll do crazy stuff, silly stuff. Um, and so it makes me concerned uh, about uh, my own future uh, and it's just so great uh, having security of uh, being in a relationship with one such as you who knows all this, is aware of all this, loves me anyway, and is there for me. Um, and so uh, it's, it's actually better, I feel more intimate with you because I'm able to I'll be open about these things. And we even came up with a little game where I get a kiss every time uh, from you, every time I disclose one of my failings of that day. <laughs> so, yeah, and then you're not carrying around the shame and the upset all by yourself, have nobody to support you. And then you wonder why I feel separate to you or you, I'm feeling I'm disconnected from you. Mm-hmm. So it's really, uh, each time we're hiding something, we're creating more separation from the other person. So we're going away from intimacy. That's so true, James. That is so true. Um, I feel the pain of the separation more than I feel the pain of the whatever it is that you've done. Um, It's that withholding that happens I'm so glad you talked about that all the things that and I'm really glad you talked about marketability because there were a lot of ways in which you were lying to me when we met even though I paved the way by not lying to you and uh, that I had to discover things but I did discover them and I I had to discover them over time and uh, that just created more feelings of discomfort in you and made me mad that I had to find them out and you know and this is true for everybody it's not like I've discovered you were an ex-martyrer 
this is true for all of us. Well, that there are so many things that we may pretend to ourselves that they're not important or they don't need to be disclosed, but but they do. And um, and that habit, that habit of wanting to keep ourselves admired and marketable, and I love that, James. You know, maybe you're feeling some of your uh, insecure feelings these days are due to the fact that you're becoming less marketable. I hadn't even thought about that. Better keep me alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I so totally understand that feeling. And you guys who are single out there and you're listening to me, you say, well, that's okay for you. Yeah. But what about me? It's, it doesn't, this doesn't apply to me. I'm in my 20s. Everybody has shallow relationships. Uh, you know, I couldn't possibly tell, a, you know, a 35-year-old guy or a 16-year-old girl the truth. Because that's not the way it's done. I mean, I've seen it. We we have a client who is 17, and the level of of lack of intimacy is just astonishing of what these young people don't tell each other, even as simple as asking somebody on a date. I mean, that may be too challenging. You know, it has to be this 24-hour production of texting back and forth in the most obscure way about, well, what are you doing on Friday? Well, I don't know. What are you doing? You know, it's okay. you know are you going to the I'm, You know, instead of saying, gee, I'd like to see you, can we meet at the, you know, at the football game on Friday? It's like, oh, are you going to be at the football game? Well, I'm thinking about it. Are you, are you know, and it's like, well, who are you going with? You know, this goes on forever. And I'm just, I'm in shock. I mean, I'm in shock. I am in shock. I am appalled. But, here it is. It's whether you're old or you're young or you're in between. There's always something. And, and this, I mean, it's a, yeah, he's a yeah, lovely young man. And I, I ask him about it. It's, this is so ridiculous. You know, if you can't ask the girl out on a date, tell her you want to meet her. I mean, you know, what does that say about the future of your relationship? That you can't even do that. And, you know, he says, well, that's teenagers. I can't. I can't. I couldn't possibly pick up the phone and talk to her and say to her, I, I, you know, I'd like to get to know you. Uh, what would be a good place to meet? You know, I couldn't possibly do that. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what are you going to do later? You know, when you're, how is she going to feel when she's pregnant? Is she going to have to keep pretending that she's a size four? You know, all of this stuff, I mean, what it does, the pain that it creates in the future, the lack of honesty from the beginning creates incredible pain in the future where you discover it, and the lack of faith that we really have in one another, that we can be seen and be accepted. And when I say seen and accepted, I don't mean that this is a justification to continue bad behavior. Again, I want to come back to the primary point, which is, when we are intimate, when we tell the truth, we can get support. If this guy 30, 40 years ago, and of course our, the days were so different, you know, the, the attitude towards homosexuality was so different at that time. But if he had said, I know I'm gay, I, f- I know it internally, I just don't want to admit it and I'm afraid of spending a life alone and I don't want to be in a gay relationship but I don't want to lose out on marriage and children. And, you know, you talk to this person that you are in a so-called intimate relationship with that you're about to marry. Hopefully, 
the two of you will talk about it and you'll realize that, well, there's other ways of living your life other than being married to a woman. Uh, or I mean, someone of the opposite sex. I mean, it could be the other way around, a woman and a man. And, um, and think about the pain that people have caused themselves by not being intimate, not telling the truth, not disclosing things, and not having the faith that they will ever be loved by anyone. And I have to say, I had to wait a lot of years to meet James. <laughs> but I was finally happy to discover that there was a man who was meant for me, who wanted who I was. So think about that, guys. And I want you to think about this this week and join our post-show forum. Take a look at the link on the right. You can call into a phone call uh, that's on Thursday mornings or you can go to the blog on the website. Go to bethgreen.org and you'll see the forum topics that you can write in. Uh, I want you to support that. Uh, get involved and talk about the ways that you are not supporting yourself by being intimate and therefore not allowing anybody else to support you. If you don't reveal it, you cannot heal it and you can't get the support for it. So think about all that. And I just want to tell you real quickly because we'll spend more time on this. We are having a retreat up here in Oregon and on the internet and people are going to be gathering in different places and it's about creativity beyond ego and it's going to be September 13th, 14th and we'll tell you more about that as we go along but it's all on BethGreen.org and now James, would you like to tell us about next week? I can't believe we're up to next week already. Yes, indeed. Our next edition of Inside Out will be What Are You Waiting For? How much of your life do you spend waiting versus living and why? Sure, we all have things to look forward to, but do you feel that you're actually waiting for your life to begin? Are you waiting first to buy the house, get a job, or meet, marry, or divorce a guy, and then your life will begin? Are you waiting for a baby to be born, or for your kids to leave home, or to finish school so that life can begin? Are you waiting to get up the guts to make a change? And are you waiting for something to give you those guts, get more secure at work, or save enough money to take a chance? If you feel like you're waiting for your life to begin, you are not alone. In fact, most of us feel that way on some level, some time. But for some of us, waiting seems to be a permanent state. So don't wait anymore. Tune in to Inside Out, call in or email, and ask Beth to help you stop waiting and start living. And join the post-show forum, where, where you can see the link on the right in the host page, to continue the conversation. Life happens only once. So join us. And now a final word from Beth. Hi, everybody. Well, I only have 30 seconds. So let me tell you very quickly that Voice America is going to be sponsoring a two-hour show special on climate change. And I am going to be the host. And Dr. Grant Dean is going to be my co-host. If you listen to our climate change show, you will have heard Grant. And, of course, James will be there as as holding my hand. And um, it's I don't know the details yet, but it's coming up. And so keep checking in on what's going on. Go to BethGreen.org. Check out Inside Out TV. Check out the post-show forum. Get involved. I know you're out there, but you don't always speak. It's I can't help you if you don't trust me to speak and share. So that's a perfect way to end this conversation about intimacy because 
I believe in it. I believe in intimacy between me and my audience and between my audience and us. God bless and we will see you next week. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.